there and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. There should hopefully be a video on the screen there at the back, Matt, of, of my cat, Nessa, and this is what Nessa does. That's Nessa. Hey, Ness. Oh, isn't she? Look how fast her tongue moves. That was this morning at about half past seven. There she is. Nessa is a fussy cat. She will only drink water from the source. She won't drink secondary water in a bowl. No. She's far better than secondary stagnant water in a bowl. She will drink water directly from the tap. She likes it from the source. The title of my message this morning is The Source. Say it, The The Source. Um, uh, Last year, there was a story in the news about a cash machine in Manchester, Fallowfield in Manchester, that for some reason had a software error. And people would go and and say they would ask for £10, but it would give them double, 20 there was a software error in this cash machine. And so peop- you can imagine, it's Fallowfield, it's Manchester, within minutes, that's got round social media, and there is a queue of people around the block who have all come out to this cash machine because there's free money coming at, from the point of source, there's free money coming out of that machine. It, it took them a little while to realize something had gone wrong when one of the cashiers in the Tesco branch sort of saw this queue all the way up the road and thought, what on earth is going on? Apparently, one family got away with 60 grand. <laughs> 60,000 pound. I, I, as I was researching, I found that this wasn't just a one-off. This happens, apparently. It's never happened to me. It's never happened to that cash machine around the flipping corner. It's... <laughs> Never happened to that one, but apparently it does happen. You get software errors, and there was one family, I think they were in America, they ended up going to prison because they took $130,000 from a cash machine that had a software error, and they got caught. They never gave it back, and they ended up in prison. That's crazy. I mean, if, if if that one had an error, I'd be preaching to an empty room this morning. You'd be there, wouldn't you? It's very rarely... It's very rare that you get something that you really want or need from the point of source for nothing. Everything we get, we have to pay for. Or there's some sort of, you know, cost involved in us getting the things that we need. And so when something comes from source for free, like we're on it like a bonnet, aren't we? We're like, I'm there. I am getting that cash machine. We love things that come to us without cost. I, I want to talk to you this morning about this idea of that God is the source. God's a source. And, and here's the really great thing about God, is he's described over and over and over again in the Bible as a source that you can come to without cost. Like, he is the ultimate cash dispenser, okay? I'm not saying all he gives is money. That would be lovely, please. I'm not saying... It, but, but understand, he's a, a source of things you and I need, and it comes free of, free of charge. It flows. 
It flows from heaven. It flows from God's heart towards you and I. And you don't have to pay a penny. God's really like the cash machine that we, we should be at that. We should be there. Do you know what I mean? We, like, it's, it's free. So I have to ask myself sometimes the question, why aren't I there as much as I should be or could be or want to be? Does that make sense? God is the source. Here, here's some big ones in the Bible. I'm going to take you on a little tour of some big, big ways in which God's the source and then a few individual verses, okay? But, but we know that God is the source of the universe, for example, don't we? God's the source of the universe. So it tells us in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created. There was this moment in literal history where God spoke and God created the universe. And everything began, everything that exists now began at that point. There was a, a point and a moment when it began. Now, this is really cool because science has confirmed this. Cosmology has confirmed this because they're able to track in space what they call kind of light that, that has expanded across the universe. They can tell that the universe is expanding, that it's growing. And if it grew and if it's growing, then there must have been a point when it began. Does that make sense? It hasn't always existed. It hasn't, the universe hasn't always been there. It's not an eternal universe. They call that beginning point the Big Bang, okay? Which isn't meant to give us this idea of a, a literal explosion. But imagine there was this singular point in time where something caused everything, matter, time, physics, everything began in a moment. Wow. That's what cosmology has taught us. There was a moment, which really backs up what the Bible says. There was a moment. Now, you have to have some faith here. And, and actually, so do people that don't believe in God. Because something had to cause that moment. That, things don't cause themselves. I wish they did. I wish I could just say, you know, a million pounds, just... The truth is, things don't pop into existence from nothing. Wherever there's something that exists, there is a cause. Does that make sense? Things don't just pop into being. And, and what's true for small things like money or a table or a chair, they don't just pop into being. What's true of small things is also true of really big things like the universe... Okay, the universe doesn't just pop into being from nothing. But, but this is really where we have a choice about what we believe about origins. Because you can believe that this everything that exists popped into being from, from nothing, just like that. Or you can believe that there was a, a cause, a cause of everything. And the Bible says God's that cause. And when you think about it, to create something that big and that incredible, that cause would have to be very powerful. That cause would have to be timeless, because even time began at that point. That cause would have to be massively intelligent to create someone like Sophie. So we have power. We have intelligence, timeless. I mean, these are all things that sound a little bit like God. So 
So the Bible points to the source as God. The Bible tells us that God is the source. Here's the next one. In Genesis chapter 3. So move from Genesis 1. God creates the universe. Then you've got Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve sin. Adam and Eve do what they should not have done. We've all done it. We're all products of Adam and Eve. We all do things we shouldn't do. And they feel what you and I feel when we often do things wrong. They felt a shame. They felt dirty. Felt guilty. And it tells us in the Genesis chapter 3 that God provided. God was the source of the covering for their shame. Wow. God provided them with simply like fig leaves to cover their shame. Even though they had failed, sinned, chosen to do what God said not to do, God cared about these Adam and Eve so much in that place that he provided. He was the source of the covering to cover their shame. And that began a story that goes on throughout the whole Bible where God covers the things we did that we shouldn't have done. He's the source of the covering of your shame and my guilt. He's a good God. He's the source of a promise to bless the earth through Abraham's family. That promise didn't come from Abraham's friend. It didn't come from the person down the street. It didn't come from his next door neighbor. The source of the promise to bless the whole earth through the descendants of Abraham came from God. And who was the descendant of Abraham? Jesus Christ. God was the source of a plan to fix humanity through Jesus Christ. He was the source of Moses' call to leadership. He was the source of the written law that would shape the morality of the law that we still live under today. He was the source of at least 300 prophecies recorded throughout the Old Testament in the Bible about Jesus, the coming Messiah. He's the source. Say source. He's the source. He's not just the secondary source. He's the primary source. He's not the bowl. He's the tap. He's the He's the go-to source. Does that make sense? God's like the fundamental source. He's like, you can't go back further than God, source, yeah? You can go to Asda and pick up some clothes, but Asda's really a secondary source of clothes because the clothes weren't made in Asda. You'd have to go beyond Asda to get to the primary source of those clothes. You'd probably have to go to, I don't know, China or somewhere where they were created, yeah? God isn't Asda. He's no secondary source. That's a, that's a quote. If you're going to tweet, let's just tweet that one out there. <laughs> Throw that tweet out to the world. God is not Asda. There we go. That'll change the world. He's not a secondary source. He's the primary source. If, you can go to Asda and get clothes, but listen, it's a secondary source. God's not secondary. God's primary. Are you following me this morning? He's the source of the Bible. The Bible is, there's some debate about this that's been going on for 2,000 years, give or take. Some people do believe that the Bible is God's word. That means inspired by God to man. We believe that. Others believe, no, it's just a book written by people about God. You see the difference? A book written by people about God or a book from God to people. Right, we believe it's from God to people. He's the source of everything you read in the Bible. 
It says it in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, all scripture is given by God, inspired, breathed by God, all scripture. So God is a, the source of the Bible. Here's a few verses in the Bible about God. Are you ready? I'm going to come up on the screen for you about God being a source. Here we go. There I will go to the altar of God, to God the source, say source, of all my joy. Okay, remember now what I just said about Asda. You can get joy, you can get joy in different, at the cinema, in a good film. You can get joy through winning the lottery. You, you can get some joy by going on a nice holiday. But listen, and they're good, they're not bad. But they're secondary. The source, the source of joy is God. He's the primary source. He's not the secondary. If you want joy, regardless of what you get and own and experience in life, go to the source. Right? So I may never get another nice holiday. I may never get the, the, all the things that I want in life. But I can still be happy. Because it doesn't rely on secondary sources, it relies on the primary source, who is God. He's the source of joy. Some of us are wondering why we aren't happy. Why, why, am I not, why have I not got joy? Why am, I, why am I down? I want to say to you, maybe you're finding or relying on your joy coming from some secondary places. And you've got to get back to the source. Let's look at another verse. Uh, praise God, all you people of Israel. Praise the Lord, the source of Israel's life. He's the source of life. That's cool. Next one. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. You know, not secondary. I can find some, some secondary hope. Right in, in a few things, but if I want to get hope that lasts, regardless of my circumstances, I've got to go to the source. This is why some people, when they're poorly, really struggle and worry and have a lack of hope. And other people can be terminal and at death's door and full of joy. Because it's where you get your hope from. If you get your hope from being healthy, it will be temporary. It's a secondary source. If you get your hope from the source, you can be ill, and yet you can still look at the future with uh, confidence. Let's look at the next one. The, the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength. My righteousness and strength. Righteousness is a weird word. It's not a word we use in society much today, but righteousness kind of means your personal, moral, ethical purity. Imagine being perfect for a moment. I know that's hard to imagine, but imagine you were. That would be righteous, okay? If you were perfect, you'd be righteous. But you and I can't be righteous. We're incapable of righteousness. I can't go five minutes being perfectly righteous. You can't go five minutes being perfectly righteous. So where is our righteousness going to come from? If it ain't coming from me, God has to give it to me. Does that make sense? And he does as a gift through Jesus. 
he gives you righteousness. Now, what that means is this. When God looks, when you look at you in the mirror, you see your faults. I see my, my issues. When God looks at you, he sees righteousness. Because he's not looking at you, he's looking at Jesus in you. So he's the source of your righteousness. Now, you can try other sources, if you like, for righteousness. You can work your socks off at being goody-goody. You can try and not lie, and you can try and not swear, and you can try and not look at that woman a little bit lustfully. You can, you can try. You can try. You can try. And there'll be some ways in which you'll succeed. All right? I can honestly tell you, in the last 10 minutes, I've not stolen anything. I've succeeded. <laughs> I've won. All right? For the last 10 minutes, at least. And you can find some righteousness in little amounts of progress where you go, well, I was pretty good today, I think. But ultimate righteousness can only come from the source, which is God himself. And strength. You need some strength? You can go and work out at the gym, but that's the bowl in comparison to the tap that is God. Okay, next one. And he will be the source of peace. You can find peace, secondary peace, through, I don't know, be mindful. That's the world's message, isn't it? Go and be mindful and you'll find peace. Well, I tell you what happens to me when I try and be mindful. I end up worrying more, if I'm honest. It doesn't work for me. I may just be the only one, but I just meditate on all the wrong things. So mindful doesn't work for me very well because my mind is too prone to lots of rubbish thoughts, silly thoughts, deceiving thoughts, crazy thoughts. So being mindful for me doesn't work. So then I try the other way, but this doesn't work either. It's called escapism. So you just, I don't know, I'll just go and watch 10 episodes of this thing on Netflix and that'll give me peace because I'll forget about my problems. So, so you, you swing from, from mindful, which doesn't work very well, to escapism, which doesn't work very well. And you can try and find sources of peace, but let me tell you, there's only one real source of peace. And that's when you look in the face of God and he smiles and he says to you, I got you, it's okay. Ah, peace. He's the source. Next one. Is there another one? There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same spirit is the source. There it is again. The source of them all. So, so there are talents that I have. And there are things that I can do well. But you know the real source of Anything I can do that makes a difference is God. That way, I don't get to boast. Because it's all about me. It's about him. I think there's one more. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. I comfort myself with food. Do you? I do. Chocolate. There are other ways of comforting oneself. There are lots of ways of comforting oneself. You do it and I do it. Don't lie to me. <laughs> and yet there's this true source of comfort. There's a tap running from the throne of heaven. There's a tap of, of this of comfort running. And if I'm honest with you, too often I ignore that tap and I go to my own self-made comfort mechanisms. I've been thinking about this. I, I've been thinking about, like, what is it about me? I'm an idiot, I think. That's what it is. 
<clears throat> what is it about me that neglects the true source so easily and so quickly? I was praying uh, recently, and, and I'd not been out. I, I try and make a habit. This isn't just personally for me. I try and make a habit of every week on my way to church, on one day a week, I'll take the long route. And I go up this ridge, up this hill. And as I'm walking along the hill, and I'm looking over the area, I'm praying. And I went for a period where I stopped doing it. And I felt really discouraged, and I was feeling a bit despondent, and I was feeling a bit... And then I went for a walk and a prayer, and I got up there, and I realized in that moment, it's because I've not been coming back to the source. The reason I felt the way, the reason I got into the state I was in was because I'd stopped using the tap, and I'd started using the bowl, to use that analogy. I, I don't think I'm the only one. Uh, Lifeway is a big organization that do research. And, and Lifeway have done some research on worship services like ours, all right, worship services and the attendance of those worship services since the COVID lockdown. And, and this is what they discovered through their research. 26% of Christians, that's a quarter, 26% of Christians attend week, weekly. 26% attend weekly since COVID. 31% of Christians attend one to three times a month. And 43% of Christians attend less than once a month. That's what they find, just generally across the board, okay? That's not just here or, or even, that's across the board in the West since the lockdown. It has had a huge impact on the regular attendance of people to worship services where they might come to the source, it's like, imagine that cash machine around the corner is dishing out double the money and people are going, I'll stay in bed. <laughs> yeah? Listen, not, not everybody during COVID went out and got a job with Sunday shifts. So that's not the whole reason. A few people, a few people may still be nervous about going back to church because of COVID. That might be part of the reason. But I think, I don't think it's about natural stuff like that. I think, I think there is a deeper thing going on about why people, many people, have gone, I only really need church once a month. And I think this is it. Ready? I'm going to give you three. I think there are three competing sources. Ready? Number one, assets. Number one is assets. What that means is this. We, we have other places to go that deceive us into believing that they are a better source than God. We can create a, a stronger sense, an immediate sense of connection with our material comforts than with God. And so people go, essentially, it's like saying, I think I only really need God on the odd occasion because I've got all of this. And that gives me the joy and the comfort and the stuff that I need. And so we've got a lot of bowls that mean I don't really need the tap. Does that make sense? I think that's going on. The second one is culture. Culture. So assets is just the stuff that we have. Culture says this. The message out there in the world is this. We are all we need. That's the message. The message is this. You'll find your identity. You'll find your joy. And you'll find your confidence simply by looking within yourself and being mindful. Your heart, we are told, is the source of your truest and happiest self. So follow your heart. 
So what, what we have here is a competing source. Because the world says the source is you. You're the source. Esther, if you look deep enough into your heart, you will find your truest identity. You should express that. You should live that. You should do that. And, and you are the source of your greatest peace and confidence. The thing is, Jesus said the opposite. Jesus said, if you look in your heart, what you'll find is that's the source of most of your evil thoughts. <laughs> Jesus said, when you look in your heart, you'll find chaos. You'll find a lot of the wrong stuff, your selfishness, your greed. Yeah? That comes from somewhere inside. And actually what we need is a new heart. That's what Jesus said. So you have the world is saying over here, look inside yourself. There's the answer. It's all in you. Tap it and you'll be confident. Tap it and you'll know who you are. Tap that heart and you will be at peace. And you have Jesus going, you need a new heart and I've got one to give you. I can transform your heart and give you a peace, joy and a confidence like you've never known. So we have to decide again, where do we go? Which fountain do we drink from? Which well do we tap? Do we go to the bowl? I think that is me and looking within myself? Or do we go to the source, the one who created us and who knows who we really are? And so yeah, I think that's going on. I think a lot of people are just quite happy within themselves. And I think there's one more, I think there's one more and it's this. My old, old self. My old self. Old Mike has pockets of resistance to surrendering to God defensiveness, pride, insecurity. I have these old traits in me that conspire to keep me self-reliant rather than going to the source. I can do this myself. I'm strong enough. Surely I'm, I'm, you know, I can do this without help. Yeah, you hear me? And to go to the source almost feels sometimes to old Mike like an admission of weakness and defeat. And so I'm battling, I'm conspiring against these three things, I think. I think we, as Christians in the nation, are, maybe you are, conspiring against these, these three, uh, kind of this idea of, uh, I've got my assets, I've got my material comforts, I, I probably, I can get enough of what I need from those, I don't need to go to the source. I've got this sense in which the culture is reinforcing that message and telling me I am all I need, and then I've got this kind of, old self and these old traits that are saying it'd be weakness to go to the source you can sort this out yourself you can fix this yourself the result being why do i need church why do i need to get myself out of bed on a sunday morning <laughs> and drag myself down to that church and put on a smile for everybody well i'll tell you why you can stick to your bowls all you like but they won't last. And when the trials come and the challenges come and you realize the bowl isn't enough, you'll want the source. And why we meet every Sunday and why we come together to worship every Sunday is because we believe when we do that gathered, collective, as a family, come to the source, we're getting the kind of stuff we need at point of source, free of charge. Free of charge. That's why I go to church. That's why it's a priority in my life. And as this sort of message began, and as the series video told us, it's our vision as a network of churches to create spaces 
for people to encounter God, to encounter the source. We're not here just to offer people another bowl. We're here to show them the ultimate source, the source that created the universe, the source that provides the covering that you need for your shame, the source that provides the joy, the comfort, the peace, the true source. And listen, you don't just have to come here for that because you can get on your knees beside your bed at home. You can switch some worship music on. You can pray. You can open up the Bible. And let me tell you, when you do that, you are coming to the source. And it can flow to you just as easily in your bedroom as it can here. There's just something brilliant about doing it here too. When was the last time you went to the source? When was the last time you went intentionally with all of your heart? I need to get to the tap and I need to drink from the tap. I recognize I've just been relying on all my bowls and they're not really good enough. But And I'm questioning, why am I still down? Why am I still upset? Why am I struggling? Why... Why, why, why am I still struggling with this stuff? And maybe the answer is because, not you're a terrible person or a bad Christian, but maybe the answer is you just need to come to the tap. You need to be Vanessa Shinessa. <laughs> you need to stop relying on the bowl and say, no, that's not good enough for me. I need the source. I need the source. I need the source. There's one more verse about the source that I'm going to finish with. One more verse about the source that I left out. You know, I did that list of of Bible verses, there was one I left out. And it says it in Revelation, if you could put this verse up for me at the back. Okay. I will read it from my own notes. It says in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9, God qualified him, that's Jesus, God qualified Jesus as a perfect high priest. And he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Did you hear the word source? This source, he's the source of eternal salvation. What does that mean? Well, eternal means forever. That's easy. He's the source of forever. And then the word salvation. The word salvation means rescue. Salvation means to be saved. It means to be rescued from something threatening and put back in a place of safety. Yeah? And the Bible goes at length to say that that stuff that we have covered, remember the covering thing, the wrong stuff that we've done is the threat. Sin threatens to destroy not just your life today, but your life forever. And through Jesus, he came to rescue us and make us safe from the consequences of our wrongdoing and our sin, which could impact us forever. And Jesus rescued us from those things through his own sacrifice so that you and I could be eternally safe from the consequences of our sin. I don't think there's a person in the world that doesn't at some level, even if they don't believe in God, reach the end of their lives and think, oh, blimey, what's coming next? And what have I done? I don't think there's a person in the world that doesn't think that. And what Jesus offers is peace. I know you've done that. I know you said that. I know you went there. And I know you made a mess of that. 
if you put your faith in me, I can tell you, because I love you, you're safe. Because I've got more than fig leaves in heaven. I'm going to cover you. And you're free. And you can go forward into forever righteous, perfect, clean. So listen, you ain't going to get that anywhere else. You can try. You can search the other religions. You can search the world. What the other religions will tell you, I'm going to sum it up for you, give you RE lesson in one moment. The other religions will tell you this. If you work really hard at it and you're good enough, at the end, God will balance it out on the scales and hopefully your good stuff will be more than your bad stuff. That's what religion tells you. And this is what that results in. You'll spend your life always thinking, I don't know if I'm good enough. And you'll live your life in fear. Only in Jesus Christ does he say, look, it doesn't work that way. Just trust me and receive my gift of righteousness and you can have that peace for free from the source. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It comes from Jesus Christ, the source. Say the source. Have you got the message this morning? Come on, let's stand and we're going to pray. Yeah, Jesus, we just take this moment to draw near to you, the source. We tried all the other bowls, and we know that they're not, at best, they're temporary. They don't work. But we've come to the tap today. I don't know what people need across this room. I'm, I'm guessing there's one or two people that are coming to that tap and going, God, I need a piece. That's better than 10 series of Netflix. Some people are saying, Lord, I need your comfort today. There's one or two people in the room you are saying, I need joy because I've been down for too long and I've been trying to find that joy in other bowls, but I need to come back to the tap. I need to come to the source. There may be one person who's saying, I think I need eternal salvation. I'm coming to the source for my eternal salvation. I need to know that my stuff has been dealt with and that I am free and that I know my forever is safe. I don't know which one accounts for you today, but will you pray this prayer after me in your own heart? Dear Jesus, I know that I need you. Every year, every month, and every day, even every hour, I need you. I need the source. And I'm drawing near to you humbly, I'm trying to overcome all those things in me that prevent me, that cause a resistance in me. I'm trying to put those things to one side and I'm coming to the tab and saying, Jesus, I'm desperate for you. I need you, the source. I pray that today would be the day that you give me that new heart. That you fill me with the kind of peace only you can give kind of joy only you can give. And Jesus, help me not to neglect the source. Help me not to neglect that place where you are, your presence. But to make that a central feature of my entire life.
that I don't let go of easily.